Welcome to another ap- uh, episode of Appalachian Shine. It's the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. I'm J.C. Swingruber, and I appreciate everybody for tuning in to another episode. And today we have another amazing artist. I, I had some really great history uh, with some of her books. We have Carrie Kilgore on with us today. And uh, Carrie, how are you doing? I'm doing great, JC. How you doing? Uh, you know, never better. And I, I would complain, but nobody would listen. They would just tune out. <laughs> but no, doing great, doing great. Um, Carrie, you, um, I wanted to, I wanted to have you on because you have written. I, I was looking on Amazon, and I, I can't count the number of books that you've written. Uh, how many are you up to at this point? Well, if you count short stories, uh, I've been on a little mission this year to publish a short story a week. And I just this past week got up to number 79 as far as short stories and bigger collections. Um, a little less than half of that is either collections, novellas, novels. So, yeah, we're closing in on 80 altogether. That is absolutely incredible. Um, so you have a company called Spiral Publishing. And before we kind of get into some of the books, um, I, I want to get into the publishing company. But uh, first of all, you, you have so many books out in your own publishing company. When did your journey into writing begin? Pretty much as soon as I knew the alphabet. It was something I've always told myself stories. Always. When I remember being on a car ride in the 70s and sitting in the back seat, telling myself a story that's been constant for me. And when I, I wrote little short stories and things when I was in grade school, all middle school, high school, when I really started focusing on this was around 2011. I wrote my first novel. But then in 2014, I read a book called Wool by Hugh Howey and realized that I could publish my own books. So I got to the back matter in that book, and I, that was just a big light bulb. Oh, you mean I don't have to wait three and four years trying to publish one book? I can learn how to do all this stuff? And being a major software nerd and computer geek my whole life also, I'd already been publishing nonfiction books with my uncle for several years. Beside that, publishing fiction is easy <laughs> as far as the technical side. So 2014 is when I really started to ramp up and realize, yeah, I can do this and started to learn about it. Now, when did you set up Spiral Publishing? That was back in 2014 when we did my uncle's um, his postcard book, Far Southwest Virginia, uh, Postcard and Photographic Journey. That was when I set up the publishing company, and that was for a couple of years. That was just for that nonfiction, and then in 2016, I finally started publishing my own fiction. So that was when it really took off. Okay, so to give people some context, um, you're over in Russell County. You're in St. Paul, and St. Paul, yes, right, and that's where you have Spiral Publishing. Now, your uncle uh, Frank is it Frank Kilgore? It is Frank. Okay. He's a local attorney there, right? So um, you have that connection with him. And your husband, Jason Adams, also publishes through Spiral Publishing. Is that right? He does. And we both uh, have several professional sales out in uh, magazines and anthologies and things as well. But the bulk of larger fiction, especially, all goes through Spiral Publishing, yes. Okay. Now I've talked to, you know, a lot of writers through the guild that we both belong to and you, you belong to like, you know, so many different guilds throughout the region. And we, we do know some writers that write cross genre. Um, 
but not a lot. A lot of people try to stick within what they're comfortable with. And you write across so many different genres. How do you keep that kind of separate in your mind as you're going from one project to the next, or maybe working on two at the same time? I hardly ever work on two at the same time. Um, the rare exception is if, like right now, I have a, a epic fantasy series. I'm working on a second novel on that. That's my longer project. But this weekend on Sunday night, I had a short story due. So I've been doing my 1,500 words a day in the bigger project. But tonight, tomorrow and Sunday, I'll be writing that short story. And then I'll go right back to the epic fantasy. And it's a private eye short story. It's probably going to be here now. <laughs> as far as keeping it straight, I don't. I just, whatever the story wants to be, whatever the characters go, I go. I'll start with a character in a setting with a problem and let that dictate where the story goes. It may end up being fantasy. It may end up being straight contemporary fiction. But the story leads the way on that. The character leads the way. Okay, yeah, because I know with, with some people, they just have such a hard time switching from genre to genre like that and it seems like you you kind of do it seamlessly and now you have jason um, i did that on purpose i did that on purpose at the very beginning i had a, a my very first novel i published was until death which was a vampire sort of novel set in transylvania and then i also published songs in the mountain that year which was a ghost story set right here in appalachia and i published the dream thief which was a another sort of high fantasy epic fantasy set in an imaginary world all within a few weeks. Cause I wanted to start out without that. Um, I don't want to get locked in. So I consciously decided, Nope, I'm going to blow up the genres right now. So that, that was my approach from the beginning. Now, what do you like most about writing about here? Our, our little neck of the woods here in Appalachia. Oh gosh. Um, we have, uh, you, neither you nor I really speak with it, but I promise you can hear it in your head. We have uh, a musical language to draw from. We have the dialect and the turns of phrase and the ways of speaking. And the other thing I love about it is it's sort of like Ireland or Scotland. Magic things that may seem odd to people in different parts of the country, to us it's, well, yeah, of course you, you think of this ghost thing or you think of whatever's going on in that tree at the base of, you know, we have a, an openness to magical or fantasy concepts because of where we live. I think we're incredibly fortunate to have those two things to draw from. Yeah, it is. It is a unique history. And I noticed with some of your fantasy novels, you, you, you write about magic and mystery and lore, and you kind of cover this broad range of spectacle of who we are. And that, you know, that's when you write in, in you know, the genre about, you know, here in Southwest Virginia and, you know, central Appalachia. Now you have uh, Jason uh, there that publishes through uh, Spiral, and then your your uncle. Do you ever take on any other writers to come on board and publish through you? We're not set up for that as a business. It's um really just mainly the two of us, and Frank does his nonfiction from time to time. We're hoping to have another one of his out here in the next few few months, but um we don't have the um, setup. To, to bring in other people. I definitely have consulted and helped people on small basis, but it, it's mainly just our company. Now you've done uh, presentations on different types of like writing techniques and the technology and publishing process. 
with the authors guilds through the region. And I noticed that, you know, a lot of writers are very interested in coming in, getting your advice and the consulting angle. Um, you once brought up a, a program called Vellum and without getting, I guess, too technical, how is something like that helpful to writers who come to Spiral for that consultation? Well, what Vellum does is it shortcuts so many of the things that are scary about getting into publishing because I'm a big fan of InDesign, a big graphics design and layout software. I use that for covers all the time, but for page layout, it can be a little tedious. The beauty of Vellum is you can import a Word document and make a few choices for your, you know, how you want your headings to look, your footers, things like that. You press a button and Vellum gives you eBooks in different formats and the print book, the PDF interior for the print book. What that's done for me, without that, I wouldn't be publishing a short story a week because that would be too much time in InDesign. I do the covers, but then I drag, drag that Word document in, get it proofread. I always do get things proofread. Hit a button, and I can upload. So Vellum is just, it frees up the way you think. You're not worried about, oh, am I going to have time to do the page layout? Well, yeah, because it's five minutes. It opens your creative flow as well as your business flow. As far as the business, um, you do some amazing design work on the covers. I mean, anybody that goes to Amazon and looks through what you and Jason have done uh, on, on for your covers, um, do you ever do design work for local writers that maybe need a little help kind of putting something like a book cover together? I haven't done anything like that. <clears throat> I would be interested in showing maybe for a small group or a Zoom group. I think that would be fun just to do the basics. The couple things to remember, the first one is I always, almost always use stock art. So that's a site like Deposit Photos or Dreams Time, which is very inexpensive compared to something like Getty. Getty is too expensive for, it's just outrageous. But right now, Deposit Photos has a, you can get a very, very inexpensive block of 100 images, which is what we do. And then the other important thing is not to worry about trying to illustrate a certain scene in your story or trying to make it look just like your main character, things like that. What the cover should do is give an idea of what the story's about. So you want to pick it up and go, oh, I can see this is a romance. I can see this is fantasy. I can see this is science fiction. That's the important thing, because that's how our brains works. Oh, I see that spaceship. I'm in the mood for science fiction. So that, that's the, it doesn't matter if the spaceship doesn't look exactly like the one in the story, because now you're interested. That, that's more of the goal. Now, uh, there's another local... Um writer and artist uh, who actually does some of my book covers, Gary Quapis. Uh, and he actually, he's from over in your neck of the woods too. He's in Russell County. Um, he is a transplant from here. I'm not sure if you've met him, but he, uh, he used to work for Marvel comics and he's done a couple of my book covers. And one thing he says about a book cover and for anybody that's you know writing a book out there wants to write a book, you know, no matter what, even if it's set in here in central Appalachia or whatever you're doing, uh, the, the, the advice was that the book cover, it, it, what it is, is you're making a promise to your reader. So when they look at that book cover, they should get a basic understanding of what you are planning on delivering to them in those pages. And your book covers nail that. <laughs> um, you, you do great work on those book covers. 
Um, I want to back up and ask you another thing. I'm a huge horror fan. And anybody that knows me knows one of my favorite movies is The Shining. So you wrote this book. You mentioned it earlier, Until Death. Please tell us the story behind this book and how this came about. I will. Um, we, back in 2015, got an opportunity to go to Romania for a horror writer's retreat. And it was in Transylvania. So we were, our place, our inn we stayed in was literally just a couple miles from Dracula's Castle in Bran. <laughs> so that was with Richard Thomas, is a, a great writing teacher, a really cool guy. And he gave us an assignment to write from the senses, right from your five senses. And I went in my mind to the balcony in the room we were staying in. We could look out over the Carpathian mountains, which looks a lot like Appalachia. You'd be surprised. And I uh, started writing a guy standing on that balcony, looking out over the yard. And there was some kind of weird, creepy shape coming across the yard. That's where the book started. Then I also, in the meantime, I had another retreat in, um, Estes Park, Colorado, at the Stanley Hotel, which is where Stephen King got the idea for The Shining. Exactly. And I finished until death. I finished until death in room two one seven at the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> the one that they were told not to go into specifically, and that that yes, is. Yes, it's a, it's it's just a room. I mean, it, it's the guy who organized the retreat was staying in that room, and he let us go in for like four hours at a time to write. And that's where I finished until death. That is such a cool story. Um, and that book's also on Amazon. You have all these available on Kindle as well, right? They're wide. They're everywhere. Um, CarrieKilgore.com is the information site. But they're on Apple, Kobo, uh, Google Play, everywhere. We, we both publish as broadly as we can. So we've got them on Ingram Spark as well, which means bookstores, libraries can get to them. So, yeah, we, I figure as many guys, as many doors in as I can give people, I'm in a better position. Do you happen to do audiobooks? <laughs> that is a huge question right now among especially indie authors. It always seems like, oh, audiobooks would be great, they'd be great, but it's a, such a big investment. It's not, you know, especially with um, using the stock art, it doesn't cost that much to put out the physical book. Of course, you're doing copy editing, things like that. But to have a good reader for your audiobook, uh, I looked into it for Until Death when I first published that. $900 and up. And you're wondering, gosh, when will that investment pay back? So that's a huge, huge step. I'm excited about it. It's something I want to do at some point. But boy, the, the financials on that are tricky. Okay. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of wondering about that because I know so many people that really enjoy uh, really love the audio books, especially when they're traveling and they can listen in the car. Um, so yeah, I'd love to have them. I would love to. That's just that's a big step up as far as investment. Now with uh, uh, like you have such like I said such a broad range of genres, I did want to ask about another particular book, and it was one you wrote called uh, In the Pines. Can you tell us a little bit about that without giving too much away? Sure, I'd be glad to. That's one of my uh, projects I really enjoyed. There's an old song, In the Pines, or Where Did You Sleep Last Night? And uh, excuse me for the, well, it, it was also called Black Girl. 
um, little girl. Uh, a lot of people our age and younger will probably know it from Nirvana doing it on MTV Unplugged yeah. back in the day. Yeah. When a lot of people were introduced to it. My introduction to it, of course, goes back to Loretta Lynn, Dolly Parton, um, Ralph Stanley, and his brother had a great version of it. I've, yeah, I've heard and that, that version. And that song's just been around forever. Yeah. Yeah, their version is wonderful. The song's been around forever, but nobody knows where it came from. We know it's from Appalachia in general, possibly the North Georgia Mountains, but we don't know. For one thing, that gives me clearance on copyright. I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> I wasn't going to infringe anything. Plus, it's old enough from the 1800s. It wasn't a problem. Yeah. But I decided to figure out, okay, fine, where did the story come from? And wrote a story that incorporated several elements of the song in the Pines. And I had so much fun. It uh, moves in three different timelines. And I just had a, a great time writing that story. So what's next for you? What, uh, what are you, what are you going to publish next? Oh, Jason and I had, well, I just published a collection of, um, short mystery stories with a, a woman who's the, a former hacker, a reformed hacker. And now she uses her powers for good to solve crimes. That's in kind of near future Atlanta. And Jason and I next month will be publishing a collection of Appalachian mystery stories because we both have several short stories that have either been published elsewhere or we haven't published yet and realize, hey, wait, we've got plenty of these. Why don't we do that? We do a few. We've done a few collections together, which is fun. Just It's like a spiral publishing collection. Oh, that's, I look forward to that. When you get that out, if you don't mind sharing the link, I'll put it up on our foundation's Facebook page and uh, so people sure, can, can look yeah. for those stories. Now, um, you said your website's carriekilgore.com, and that's spelled K-A-R-I for those listening. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and it's spiralpublishing.net. All right. Um, I, I certainly appreciate you, Carrie, coming on and talking a little bit about your work and uh, you know, just, just the process of what you do. Um, I was actually so fascinated with that story about Until Death. But uh, I was, I just, I, I had to have, I had to have you come on and get that out because that is such a, such a cool, I guess, uh, well, writing retreat, how you start in one area, which is so creepy and has so much history in Transylvania, especially for horror novel fans. And then you end up over in like Stephen King's neck of the woods, the Stanley hotel, you know, that, that area over there in Colorado. Um, and it's just, uh, that's fascinating. I, I mean, that's a story for the ages. Well, the key I'll say with that is to never, um, don't restrict yourself where your ideas can come from. It can be, you know, the, your cat playing with something or something, you drive by and see something out of the corner of your eye. That's a huge part of it. And the most important part, as far as I'm concerned, is to have fun. Have fun with what you're writing. That's the vital key. Just tell yourself, tell yourself that story. And I think that's the most important because then you look forward to get to the keyboard. You look forward to get into that page because, oh, I get to find out what happens next. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's great advice to uh, to new writers and folks who haven't written but are thinking about it. So, And we need more Appalachian writers. We have so much history and culture to share. And it's uh, and I've said this a million times, but it's it's our writers and our artists that define who we are as a culture. And that's why it's so important we, that we have more and more of them. And uh, it seems like sometimes when you're going out, we see less and less. And that's not what we need. Well, one great thing one great thing for readers to know is the Appalachian Authors Guild has just published an anthology. 
That's right. It's available now. It's not Mountain Business. Yes, it's available again on wide on all the ebook platforms, and the print book is available as well. It's uh, just called Mountain Voices, the uh, 2021 anthology from the Appalachian Authors Guild. And I've got the ebook link if you want to add that to your site. And uh, certainly, yeah, certainly uh, pass that along to me and I'll share it. And you do the cover on that as well. So Spiral and you, you guys helped help the, the guild make that uh, a successful project. So and it actually came together a lot faster than I thought it would. I mean, with, I guess, the process that you use, it was just it was a seamless, which was which is cool. But uh, certainly, uh, Carrie, I appreciate magic you. Vellum. <laughs> yeah, Vellum. Yeah, because you you came and did a, a presentation for us all on that, and I know a lot of people were kind of glazed over the eyes because it's like it seems so complicated, but it's but you make it look sort of easy. <laughs> so, but Carrie, thanks again for coming on and doing this. You're welcome back anytime. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Appalachian Shine. Make sure to check out Carrie Kilgore's website. Again, that's K-A-R-I, GaryKilgore.com, and SpiralPublishing.net. And uh, feel free to reach out and touch base with her. Check out her books on Amazon. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you down the road.